carries a serious responsibility. Come on, baby. Show the man your power, baby. Blast him! Give him some of that tone! Oh, man. It's showtime. Don't you smile and blow me a kiss for this one. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen of the radio audience. Very auspicious beginning. Sure, a talk show. You know, people call it like a beast. It's all about the way. Hey, it's me, Chris T, here on Aerial View on thehoundnyc.com. Welcome back to another Aerial View with a brand new phone number that's easier to remember. 760-I-CALL-AV. 760-I-CALL-AV. And uh, in case you're wondering, that's 760-422-5528 is the live line into the studio. Tonight's aerial view is titled Unsubscribe, in case you're looking for that kind of thing. What's the title of the show? He didn't say the title. I don't know what the, I don't know what this sh- show is about. My stock response to that question whenever I'd be asked, be asked, what's the show about? I would, like a smart aleck, like a smart ass, I'd say one hour. It's about one hour. <laughs> in other Aerial View news, there's an Aerial View group now, in addition to there being a page, because Facebook is, ugh, don't get me started on Facebook, but the differences between pages and groups, there's quite a few, and it seems like one might be easier for folks to actually be involved with than the other. The page is really about your your business. I don't know how well it works for a radio show. So, And then there are people that say you should have both. Just have both. Do the page and the group. 
So uh, there's an Aerial View group. You can find the information there on the Aerial View page. How confusing is this now? Facebook.com slash call Aerial View. But if you go there, I'll put up information about the group. (laughs) And uh, if you got an invitation to join the group, just say yes. The hell with it. We'll be adding more folks as the weeks roll out, but it's a good way to figure out what the hell's going on on the program and also take part in the program, because if you can't make it to the phone, you could always go to the Facebook group and say something, if you like. Let's see what's on the roster, shall we? Because every aerial view now has a roster, so we kind of know what we're going to do in the program. A little bit of a roadmap, if you will. Call it a roster. Call it a roadmap. I don't really care. This program is live. Live every Friday on thehoundnyc.com. And then it replays Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Don't forget the other programming here, including brand new Hound Howls every Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And then following that, Crash in the Party with Mark and Miriam, the doo-wop chop shop of the air, and then programs replaying throughout the week. But this program's live, and the live line into the studio again is 760-I-CALL-AV. But we have an upside-down update tonight, as we do every Friday. We're going to talk about what it means to unsubscribe. I will share my personal theory about why the end times are nigh. We'll also have a discussion about the power of positive bullshit. And uh, we'll dip into the futility file for a little while. And then wrap it all up with a conversation about Greta Van Fleet versus Led Zeppelin. All that in your calls at 760-I-CALL-AV. You can call that number during the show or anytime and leave a message and it'll get played on the air. Let's start with the Upside Down update. Uh, You probably already know this, but the shutdown is over for three weeks. Yes! A deal was reached mere moments ago to fund the government until February 15th. While there is a debate going on still and a negotiation over border security. And uh, this deal includes no money, no $5.7 billion for the border wall that President Human Pile of Garbage had demanded. But it does pave the way for federal workers to get paid. Uh, In addition, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi has said that the President will not give a State of the Union speech on Tuesday, but that she would work with him to find a new date. Yeesh. All I can say is yeesh. In other news, here during the Upside Down update, Roger Stone may be headed to prison. Oh. You don't know how happy this makes me. 
Roger Stone, self-professed dirty trickster who's been at it since uh, before Nixon and happens to have a tattoo of Nixon's face on his back because he's an asshole. Uh, He has been indicted by special counsel Robert S. Mueller III. And why is this significant? Well, it reveals the, quote, most significant direct link yet between the Trump campaign and WikiLeaks and their effort in the 2016 campaign, unquote. Now, in this indictment, there is evidence that a, quote, top campaign official, unquote, dispatched Stone to get information from WikiLeaks. And we don't know who this is yet, but we're all hoping it's someone whose last name is Trump. I feel like this is, you know, the gold, silver, bronze situation. Gold medal would be President Human Pile of Garbage. And then uh, silver would be his son, Human Pile of Garbage Jr. And then Eric after that. Settle for I not that I wouldn't not that I would settle for any of those. Obviously you want the gold. You're going for the gold. But it remains to be seen who the senior campaign official, whatever they refer to him as, top campaign official is. Now the thing about lying under oath to the FBI or lying to Congress or whatever, it's it's always been said that it's a poor lawyer who, who doesn't know the answer to the questions they're asking. So if you're being asked a question in front of Congress or if the FBI is asking you a question, it's a pretty good bet, moron, that they know the answer. And so when you lie and you dissemble and you withhold the truth and you obfuscate and you cover up, well, that's on you. That's going to come back and bite you. Bite you firmly in the ass. So that's what we're seeing a lot of now with uh, Michael Cohen. We're seeing that with uh, Roger Stone. We saw that with Paul Manafort. They're all friggin' liars. They just lie, 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 lie. I'm not sure that at this level of government, you know, the tippy top, the uppermost, the toppermost of the poppermost, that we've had this many liars at one time. Could be wrong. I could always be wrong. And I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong. So let me know. 760-I-CALL-AV. 760-I-CALL-AV if you want to join the program. And in case you're wondering, that's 760-422-5528. Aerial View Live on the air on the hound NYC.com. And uh, what other... Evidence do we have that everything is upside down? Because during the upside down update, that's what we do. We provide you with the evidence that things are upside down. And uh, there is a report today in the New York Times from Mary Ellen Hannibal. What a great name. That scientists... Citizen scientists are alarmed because the 
They went to check out the winter migration of the monarch butterfly. They went to a town in Northern California to count them, and the numbers are down. They're way down, and there's a theory that maybe they flew around all the burning fires in California, the smoke. But then there's also this idea that maybe they're just going to go away. That we're not going to have them any anymore. Like if you notice, if you look around, there's less insects, right? We all know that. We know that species are dying off. Oh, this is a good segue because in the radio biz, you got to have a good segue. Good segue into uh, how I think the end times are nigh. And maybe you think the same thing too. I, I think any thinking individual, I think anybody who's using their brain and, and looking around says that this thing is, uh, there's the fan, and here's the shit that's going to hit the fan momentarily. And I'm sorry, I know that there's folks out there who would like this show to be safe for work, but I got to, I mean, you do you, I'll do me. You know what I'm saying? So if you have half a brand and you're looking around, you're saying to yourself, this thing is uh, kaput. Before too much longer. It's all going to go to hell. And uh, the main reason for that, of course, is the climate. Because we've been told repeatedly we have a limited amount of time. We got a small window during which we might be able to put the brakes on this thing. And we're doing nothing about it. Absolutely nothing. We don't seem to care all that much and we don't seem to really feel any sense of urgency just like with the government shutdown I was listening to a podcast today one of my favorite podcasts and I felt really accused because the hosts of this podcast were talking about how you know no one's going to DC nobody's marching how come people aren't out in the streets where's the outrage And I just thought, you know, people have stuff to do. People are busy. People are out there trying to earn a living. They're trying to keep the wolf from the door themselves. I mean, that's part of the genius of uh, the rapid rise in inequality we've been seeing in this country. The fact that, what is it, 0.01% percent of the population hold more wealth than like 238 million people in this country and again I could be wrong but that's kind of how I remember it the ungodly amounts of money that are traveling upward the way that the game has been rigged all these years to take money from those who could least afford it and give it to those who need it the least. But the, the, there's several outcomes of that. And one of the outcomes is, is that people are busting their asses just to stay afloat. They're working several jobs. They're driving some kind of ride share. They're scrambling sometimes without sometimes, oftentimes, without any kinds of benefits, without any kinds of health care or any other kind of benefits. 
And if you say to these people, look, we got to do something. We got to support these federal employees that aren't working currently. They don't, they're not earning a living right now. They're between paychecks. They're, I, I can only imagine what the response would be from a lot of these people. Yeah, well, you know, they're going to go back to work. They'll go back to work at some point. I feel bad for them, but man, I, I got to report to my third job right now. I got to go drive my Lyft for a few hours. You want me to do what? Get on a bus and go where? And protest? What? And maybe I'm looking at this all wrong. Maybe, friends, I'm looking through the wrong end of the telescope. That could be. But that's... That's the that's what my gut is telling me. We're all supposed to be listening to our guts, aren't we? Get to listen to your gut. Your gut will tell you. My gut is telling me that a lot of people don't they don't have the time. Modern life, this rat race, it keeps you What was it uh Michael McDonald said? It keeps you running. It keeps you running. Like a, like a hamster on a wheel. The number here is 760-422-5528. 760-422-5528. The monarch thing is really upsetting because uh, Sweet Tea, the missus, she really likes the monarch butter, butterflies. We we keep seeing them. You know, we, uh, we're growing milkweed. Well, I should, I should say she's growing milkweed in the backyard. We try to get the monarch butterflies to come around and... We like seeing them. But I guarantee you that's because we're the human race. We'll probably destroy the monarch butterflies as well. So I am convinced. I'm convinced that the end times are nigh. And I I feel terrible saying this because I feel like throughout history there's been somebody who's come along and said the end times are near, the end times are nigh, and we all laughed and we all thought it was hilarious and thought they were a kook, crazy. They'd gone round the bend. But I think if I went out on the street right now with a placard, big old placard, big old sign, I found out where a lot of people were hanging out, Times Square, and I wore your standard crackpot outfit like if you saw a political cartoon from the 1960s some crackpot in a long flowing garment of some kind with lots of facial hair and unkempt appearance and sandals and dirty unwashed and the sign said the end times are near I'm not sure anybody would even blink or point or laugh or anything I think most people would be like yeah, you know, actually, it is. The end times are near. What do you know? We're screwed. Because the end times are so near. So I don't feel like an alarmist saying that. I feel like... I feel like it's pretty accurate. How long we have... Well, we could quibble about that. We can quibble about that because the end times, I don't mean the end of it all. I don't mean the end of humanity. Although, who knows? 
I mean the end of life as we know it. It's gonna get... It's gonna get interesting. May you live in interesting times, as that curse goes. Sounds like a blessing. It's a curse. Number here is 760-I-CALL-AV. 760-I-CALL-AV. Or See what else is on the roster. Well, I want to talk a little bit about the power of positive bullshit. And I wish I could replace that word with one that's more agreeable to you. They don't carry the same weight, unfortunately. They don't have the same oomph. Um... I was listening to this thing the other day. They were talking about the guy that came up with PMA. No, not HR from the Bad Brains, but... Uh, and I forget the guy's name, but I think it was in the 1960s. And he was the founder of Positive Mental Attitude. This idea that, you know, you got to change the way you think, to change the person that you are, to change the things that come to you. And uh, I, I agree up to a point. Was it really Napoleon Hill? I just looked it up. I just, because I I read Napoleon Hill way back in the day. Uh, I thought it was somebody else, but it, apparently it was Napoleon Hill, who was one of the original self-help gurus, along with Dale Carnegie, or Carnegie, if you want to go that route. Uh, But in a book called Think and Grow Rich, which still sells today. They still sell a ton of these books. We talked about the idea of uh, positive mental attitude. Or uh, the idea of seeing things, like envisioning things, like a vision board, that kind of thing. I agree up to a point. I feel that throughout my life, I, I probably would agree with you if you said... You know, you're being too negative. That could be true. I think that I probably could look on the bright side of things more. I could look and see that the glass is half full more often. I have no doubt. But I worry that the that whole PMA thing, that way lies madness and delusion. And self-delusion, especially. Because, and I think the thing that it does that's really insidious is it puts the onus on the individual. And that's why I don't like that show Survivor. I don't like a lot of these realities. Matter of fact, I don't know if I watch. I think the only reality TV competitive type of thing we watch is uh, like Hell's Kitchen and maybe MasterChef. That's about it. But that's because it has food in it, too. 
But these these shows, they're all about pitting people against each other. And this idea that it's on you because your attitude sucks. That somehow things aren't breaking your way because your attitude sucks is a really insidious thing. I mean, go find a furloughed federal worker and say, you know, if your attitude was only better, you wouldn't be in this situation. You got to you got to have more, you got to be po- more positive. Once you get a positive mental attitude. I'm not buying it. And I and I just want to argue here for a little bit for this idea of thinking more about the things that we can do together, collectively. And yes, I know I said earlier that it's very difficult to convince people to go and protest when they're busy running after enough money to keep the wolf from the door. By the way, why not just buy a shotgun and kill the wolf? That's at the door. That's a terrible suggestion, I know. The number here is 760-I-CALL-AV, 760-422-5528. We're here until uh, 7 p.m., another half an hour on the program, and uh, then we'll return to Hound shows. Don't forget, The Hound is live on Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And then followed by Crash in a Party with Mark and Miriam. So, yeah, I don't want to contradict myself. I don't want to confuse people because uh, while I think it's true that it's hard for people to act collectively, we've, we've been known to do so from time to time and affect great change. And I think it's still possible. I wish there was a way that we could do it with virtual reality. Man, if any of you Oculus people are listening, let's figure out how to stage a virtual reality protest. And that way people won't have to take time off from work. It's just a suggestion. I never said if it was a good one. Number here is 760-I-CALL-AV, 760-422-5528. Two eight, and uh, we got a couple of more things here on the roster, including the futility file. And last Saturday, uh, you may have seen on Saturday Night Live. If you're still watching Saturday Night Live season premiere, a band called Greta Van Fleet. And I had heard of this band. I had heard whisperings about this band. I had heard people say they're like Led Zeppelin. You're kind of like Led Zeppelin. And uh, I mean, Led Zeppelin, they meant a lot to me. They still do in their own way. But my childhood would have been vastly different without the help of Jimmy Page. I've talked about this before, but I can draw you a straight line from first hearing Led Zeppelin to wanting to play guitar to playing guitar to being in a cover band, to being in a punk rock band, to playing in New York City, to meeting a guy who also played guitar in another band, 
to eventually moving into that guy's house as his roommate in New Jersey, to ending up on the radio, to having a career on the radio, to meeting my wife. And I was set off on a completely different trajectory than the one I was on because of Led Zeppelin. So they loom large in my life. And I know people feel one way or the other about them. They they hate them. They love them. They love them too much. They hate them too much. They accuse them of stealing. I don't know. It's I wading into that conversation. That's a tough one. Uh, but the response to Greta Van Fleet and people going on and on about them, and I, I watched them and I turned to Sweet Tea and I said, what the hell is this? What is this? And I was reminded of when I was in a cover band, because when I first started playing guitar at the age of 12 or 13, within a year I was in a cover band called Cobra, and we played the hits of 1978, we played Your Bad Company, and we played your Steve Miller, and we played your Led Zeppelin, and we played your Foreigner. We played all that crap. And um, we kind of looked like Red Van Fleet, now that I think about it. I had a black satin jacket with the white stripes on it. I had, uh, you know, it's long hair. <laughs> I looked at Greta Van Fleet and I just thought of Cobra, the band I was in God knows how long ago, cover band I was in. And I'm not sure they sounded much better, to be honest. I think if I were to actually find, I I found it years ago. I did have a tape of Cobra I found years ago, um, and it's just so far off mic that you can't tell exactly what the hell's going on. From the audio. It's just very tough to hear what the hell it's all about. It, but it sucks. I'll be honest with you. It's it's terrible. Um, but I, I don't want to harsh that bad on Greta Van Fleet. I think there is some truth to what people say about, hey, at least it's people playing guitars. Uh, that's what you call damning with faint praise. And that's the kind of thing I've been reading a lot about. I've been reading a lot of damning with faint praise people going off on either Greta Van Fleet or Led Zeppelin. A friend of mine wrote a whole thing on Facebook. Very funny. This whole long thing about his experiences with Led Zeppelin. And at the end of it, I just thought that's the best example of damning with faint praise that I've ever read. Because it's it was this it was this thing that I've heard before of sort of like not wanting to embrace them and hold them at arm's length and talk about all your misgivings about them, but shrug and admit that I guess they're okay. I guess they're not as bad as some other things. They're certainly not as bad as Greta Van Fleet. I guess is what it comes down to that. I'm always impressed when someone can do that. Split the baby, as they call it. They can split 
the baby. The number here is 760-I-CALL-AV, 760-422-5528, And uh, aerial view on the air for another 23 minutes or so. And then uh, we'll turn it over to the Hound. Don't forget, brand new Hound show, The Hound Howl. On Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time for two hours. And then uh, right after that, Crash in the Party with Mark and Miriam. The number here is 760-I-CALL-AV, 760-422-5528. Aerial View live on the air. On the web at thehoundnyc.com. And uh, we got a little bit of time left in the program. Let's go back to the roster here. Oh, yeah, I didn't finish my thing about Greta Van Fleet. So, you know, I don't know if it's fair to judge them just from this Saturday Night Live appearance because the problem with that is, uh, hello, welcome to the show. You're on the show. Oh, hello. 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 You're, is this Aerial View? It is. Oh, hello. I wanted to be the first female caller on your show. What? Why, thanks for that. I think I recognize your voice. <laughs> Do so, you? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Someone you know, probably. Is this sweet tea? Oh, you it called into the program. Thank you for that. What did you want to add to the show? Well, like I said, I just wanted to be the first female caller on the Aerial View Hound NYC. Oh, thank you for that. I appreciate that. We haven't had a female caller yet. Maybe yes. things are really <laughs> looking up. I should think positively about this. Hey, did you hear what Maybe. I said about the monarch butterflies? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, that has to do with this... Uh, um, well, I, well, I think you said like the fires and stuff, but you know, the insects are, um, gone because of the, the plants that they used to sell at Home Depot. They used to have like insecticide in, it's systemic in the plant. So it looks like the plant's a healthy plant, but bugs would feed off of it and then the bugs would die. So that also happens to good bugs. So that was, you know, that's been ongoing and that's a, a big problem. So we we can blame Home, Home Depot for this? <laughs> well, not just Home Depot. It's really Bayer. I hope they're not a sponsor. Bayer of this program? No. Never. B-A-Y-E-R, Bayer? Yeah, they... Yeah, Montesanto, all that, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they've killed a lot of people. And now they're killing mm -hmm. butterflies. Mm -hmm. So is, is do you find that alarming, or did you kind of already suspect... That's the way things were going. Well, yeah, I mean, it is very alarming. It's very alarming. And if you notice, even with milkweed, you don't see as many. You know, you still you try to attract them, but I don't know. It might be too late. I don't know. Time will tell. Well, listen, let's just you and I enjoy the rest of the years we have. Let's put, <laughs> let's do that. Enjoy okay. yourself. It's later than you think. All right, well, think. I want to let you listen. go back to the show. All I just right. wanted to, you know, be the first. Female Thank you. Caller. Finally. <laughs> Female caller. That's okay. Things, things are really looking up. Thanks for that. 
Okay. All right. Have a good bye rest. Bye-bye. I love you. Hmm. 760-422-5528. 760-I-CALL-AV is the phone number here. If you want to join the program, we've got a few minutes left in the show. And uh, word is still getting out on Aerial View. Uh, a lot of folks don't know that I'm doing this yet. Been at it for, uh, I would say, a couple of months now. Since Black Friday. So that would be just about a couple of months. And while I'm trying to get word out, via the social medias, it's slow going. People got to know what's happening in order to be able to take part. So get the word out. Tell people. Let your friends and neighbors know that Aerial View is back on the air. And uh, what else is on the roster, you're wondering? Well... Um, from the futility file, because I love opening up the futility file. Uh, there's any number of things. I, I try to keep track throughout the week on uh, the futility of it all. And this week, the example's very personal. Because uh, last December, I bought... A car. I bought a, I bought another car because uh, the price couldn't be beat. It was low mileage. I had had my car, which was a diesel, for many, many years. At that point, I'd had it 15 years, 16 years. And it was an old car already. It was a, what a lot of people think of as a classic. And I loved it. And I got a lot of good service out of it. I started to not really dig driving a diesel because the more I read about diesel exhaust and what's in diesel exhaust and then after the whole Volkswagen scandal you know I, I didn't feel good about it I didn't feel good about pumping that much particulate into the air and possibly breathing it in myself and so and there, there were other issues with the car the air conditioning never quite worked it would like you'd charge it up with Freon and it would work for a week and then the Freon would leak out. So you couldn't really drive it when it was hot because you'd arrive wherever you were going sweating to death. And you'd have to drive with the windows open and be subjected to everybody's horrible taste in music, among other things. You couldn't drive it when it was uh too cold because the fuel the fuel would gel. Diesel fuel will gel unless you put an anti-gel in it when it gets really, really cold. Um, and it was just rusting. It was just sitting outside rusting. I would pile snow on it. Every time it snowed, it would be the designated piling spot because we don't really have a front yard. So we would shovel off the sidewalk shovel off the driveway, the snow would go on the car. And I, believe me when I tell you, I have pictures of my car, you wouldn't know it was there. But all you see is a mound of snow. And so, sitting outside all those years, sitting in the snow, the rain, the rust was becoming endemic. And I didn't really feel like 
having that addressed because there were so many other issues with the car. And uh, this particular car was a 1983 Mercedes-Benz 300D, which I picked up cheap in 2002. And when I bought it, it had, I don't know, I want to say at that point 100,000 miles on it. These cars will routinely go to half a million miles or more. They're considered considered bulletproof. And, um, I mean, I drove it all over. I drove it to hell and back. And, and then last December, a friend calls me up, says, Hey, there's this car. You could have it. Cheap. And um, I said, Okay, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to take the leap. And that's what I did. I bought it. And I sold my 1983 300D on eBay where I bought it and went back on eBay. And I didn't do too bad on it. Guy down in Silver Spring, Maryland bought it. And he wanted a hobby. He wanted something to fix up. And now... Now he's texts every once in a while I'll get a text from him with updates on what he's fixed on the car. The stuff he's done to it. And I'm like, wow, gee. Wish I had done that. I but I didn't. And so, what are you gonna do? But the uh, the car that I bought to replace it is now in the shop. It's been in the shop for a week and a half. The check engine light went on. My standard joke about that is it means you have to write a check. Something's wrong with the engine. And it turns out it's not a joke. My mechanic finally called me yesterday, and it's going to be another two weeks, first of all, before the car is done. And it's going to be a hefty repair bill. Hefty repair bill. So the futility of it all, you buy what you think is a cheap car, eh, not so cheap. Turns out to be not so cheap in the long run. Please don't call and tell me to buy a Honda or a Toyota. There's, we have a Toyota in the family, but I have nothing against them. That's just not going to do it. Sorry. 12 minutes left in the show. Aerial View can be reached at 760-422-5528. 760-I-CALL-AV. And uh, when we return, what's left? One thing left on the roster. Unsubscribe. I got something from my newsletter. It's me, Chris T. here. On the Hound, NYC.com. With aerial view until 7 p.m., about another 11 minutes. And if you'd like to call, it's 760-422-5528. 760-I-CALL-AV. I have a newsletter, and uh, I've been doing it for, it's almost five years now, and another four weeks, I'll hit the five-year mark. I started it uh, when I was doing a show at WFMU, and uh, it was a way to stay in touch with listeners of Aerial View, and I kept doing it, even after I left WFMU, because it was a way to stay in touch, not only with listeners, but with friends. And family, 
And sometimes it's a long newsletter. Sometimes it's short. It includes a lot of original writing. And here's something from it. And let's just see how long it takes to get through this. And I promise you, if uh, we get a call, I'll stop reading it. How's about that? But this piece is called Unsubscribe. This is an excerpt from an email about my most recent newsletter. Quote, my point is, in writing one's own thoughts, this act is difficult. Why? Because you have to focus, slow down, hash it out, and be organized. That is why I enjoy reading your newsletter. I feel mean calling it that because it is much more than just that. It's an art form. It's not just another bulletin from the latest influencers and not just another equivalent of getting another credit card offer via the post. They sometimes have pretty packages, but nothing inside. Signed, Yvonne. And here's an excerpt from my reply. Sorry I couldn't write back sooner. Thanks, as always, for your kind words. You've been consistently supportive, and I appreciate that more than I can express. In terms of writing one's own thoughts, I've been doing so for as long as I can remember. Two streams converged back when I was on the cusp of puberty. My mom got an IBM Selectric, and I read Moby Dick by Herman Melville. I probably read Moby Dick because there's a Led Zeppelin song with the same name, But the first-person narrative, the way it felt like a journal, made me want to write about my life. I've been using my mom's old Royal typewriter, but this electric was a whole other beast. The loud clack it made and the way it leapt to your command. Wow. I don't know whatever became of it. Though it's long gone, I kept one of the iconic golf balls that actually created the type. It's a Courier 10-72, signed Chris. I fished the golf ball, the IBM-type element, out of a desk drawer with the intention of selling it on eBay. Turns out it's not worth much. Then I thought the people at Gramercy Typewriter, I went last week to have my 1938 Royal Deluxe portable looked over, might want it. But they must have a ton. I placed the golf ball on my desk, a token of those glorious hours I sat with my own thoughts in my mother's tiny home office. It had been my bedroom, but my father carved it out of a storage space above our attached garage years earlier for my brother Mario. Hitting puberty, he needed privacy. Not his own twin bed in a room with two younger brothers and bunk beds. In a nod to its size, My father fashioned a plaque that said second mate and attached it to the new room's louvered door. Inside was a small closet, a twin captain's bed with shelf above, a tall dresser, a lamp, and many square feet of leftover green paneling. It was perpetually too cold or too hot in there, but I spent years inside happily squirreled away. When Mario left home and Mark moved into the room above our backyard barn, a storage shed my father had built in the backyard, I took over our old room, leaving the second mate's cabin to my mother. She scrounged a steel filing cabinet and desk, covering it with her typewriter, adding machine, and supplies. 
Before the Brown Selectric was a black royal, what I think of when I hear the word typewriter. My first go at it involved typing a report for school, double-spaced, no corrections. Something about its action hooked me. I found myself called back by the royal, sneaking into the office to write. Write what? Whatever the hell came into my head. Poems, short stories, journal entries. I loved how words left my brain, traveled through my fingers, and ended up on a page in front of me. In a house where much was shared, the contents of my brain were mine. I plowed through reams of paper and miles of ribbon, my mother objecting when she ran low and thought I was wasting both. In our home office, steel filing cabinet, desk, are a few pages of onion skin typed on that royal orb selectric. I passed up the chance to take either or both, thinking them boat anchors. Now I find myself pulling my Royal Deluxe out of a closet, installing new ribbon, setting it up to write notes to friends and loved ones. I fault Tom Hanks and the documentary California Typewriter. Hanks has been waving the typewriter flag for years, having amassed a significant collection. He's single-handedly driving prices for certain models back up. Unaware of the emphasis on certain I'd buy vintage typewriters cheap at the flea market, thinking I'd unload them for a profit and be stuck holding. Forget eBay. Shipping costs. I displayed a few typewriters at various venues, like the Punk Rock Flea Market, the Strange Exchange, etc., only to have kids come up and pound away on them while their parents looked on indulgently. I finally let go of a lovely brown royal portable with glass keys for about what I paid, I gave my mom's old portable to my niece. I kept the 38 Royal. Having learned nothing a few weeks back at the Metal Ant Flea, I picked up a Royal Quiet Rider with cover, spare ribbons, and case. The price wasn't the only reason, but bargaining the seller down to $20 using the, quote, walk away, unquote, in my patented, do you have any flexibility on this line? For a working mid-60s typewriter in a coveted color, blue, sealed my fate. I had to buy it. I thought I'd leave the pristine Royal Deluxe, the model Ernest Hemingway supposedly preferred, but in fairness, everybody claims Hemingway used their model of typewriter. I thought I'd stick the Royal in a closet, I'd clean up this quiet writer, and I'd place that in our office for note writing. But it's not the precision instrument my 80-year-old Royal Deluxe is, nor is it a joy to use. Contact me if you desire an intact starter typewriter cheap. It'll look better on your desk than it will in my closet. Where my mother's Royal and Selectric ended up is anyone's guess. My sister might know. My mother's plaintive, Do you want that black typewriter on one of my last visits home? still resounds, my res- my response more so. What am I going to do with that thing? That thing was on a steel shelf labeled repairs at Gramercy Typewriter. I eyed it, wondering if it could have been my mom's while the Gramercy repairman opened the case of my Royal Deluxe. He betrayed no particular impression. Lifting it out of the case, he set it on his desk and asked what was wrong with it. I thought he'd be dropping it off, but he quickly rolled a sheet of paper into it and began typing. 
I spoke up. It's making a double image, like a ghost letter. He hunted and pecked. I peered over his shoulder and saw a clean type on the page. No ghosting. Is that special paper? No, I'm just not hitting the key so hard. He demonstrated. Again, clean type. Huh. Any other issues? What about the ribbon? I ordered it on Amazon. I'm not sure it's the right one or any good. The Gramercy man lifted the lid on my royal. It's a universal ribbon. It'll work, but we sell the proper one. Is there any reason to leave it with you? He lifted the machine up, turned it over, examined the undercarriage. I don't see anything wrong here. Placing the royal upright again, he typed through the alphabet. Every key is striking correctly. This is a nice machine. I checked the serial number online. It's a 1938. I was going to say 38 or 39. They only called them deluxe those two years. Otherwise, they're quiet deluxe. Anything else? I pointed to one of the levers above the keyboard. What does that do? That sets the touch. He slid the lever. Less force to more force. What about that lever? Type color. Red or black or neutral. I'm still not sure what neutral would be. I wish I had asked. He also pointed out the reverse ribbon lever and a few more controls. Then he put my royal back in its case. What do I owe you? Nothing. Let me get some ribbons then. Two. He went in a back room. I scanned the for sale shelves, noting typewriters ranging from $300 to $600 and above. The repairman came out momentarily with two ribbons in cardboard boxes. They're ten apiece. Do you take plastic? He winced. No, sorry, cash or check. Check. When's the last time anyone took a check? I looked in my wallet. I had $4. Is there an ATM around here? He handed me the ribbons. Listen, just bring it next time you're here. I'm back in the city on Sunday. I should be here doing inventory. Just call. Are you sure? Just call and see if I'm here. I thanked him and grabbed my typewriter. Out on the street, I found a 7-Eleven and went in, heading for the ATM. Then I opted for cash back at the register, which required two separate purchases. 7-Eleven has a $10 limit per purchase. How convenient, convenient store. I once again rode 174 Fifth Avenue's tiny elevator, which smelled of a recent grease job, and ambled upwards at a leisurely pace to the fourth floor, where I found Suite 400. I handed over two $10 bills. Thanks, but you could have brought it on Sunday. I'm not sure I'm coming in, so I didn't want to keep you waiting. All right, well, let us know if there's anything else you need. Paper. I need some nice note paper that works well in a typewriter. There's two places nearby. He told me about two local paper stores, and I noted them in my phone. Then I said goodbye again. Back outside, I wondered if any passers-by guessed what was inside the black case in my left hand, and I thought about where I'd place the royal in our office. I think I have just the spot. The Hound returns, and then The Hound is back live on Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, here on thehoundnyc.com, followed by Crashing the Party at 5. Hello. Look, I don't know who you are, but you're not dealing with helpless women now. 
you people. You young people today, destroy, destroy. What are you going to find time to build? In my days, we couldn't afford telephones to breathe in. You want to get down on your hands and knees and be grateful? Why isn't anybody grateful? 